well with the amount of time we put into that intro. What do you mean? It took us a couple of minutes just to... Well, I know, but time is money. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was quite a hard process, wasn't it, Wayne? It was. I was being a diva. He was um, being a right diva. Oh, I need my M&Ms and I need, I need, I need to speak. <laughs> Only blue M&Ms, please. Oh, the punctua- punctuation is all wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was. Whatever. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> we got there. Our domestic aside, mm-hmm. we got there. I love it. It sounds cool. And we're back with more interview goodness today. We are. And it's actually a returning guest, actually. Yeah. So does that make him a official? A official? It makes him totally official. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, while while Wayne laughs away, we have um, Junior Oganyemi back, and he was um, the guest who did the student entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, episodes. But we've got him back. He's got a new book out called Young Fed Up Professionals, which is kind of a lead on from his his previous book. And we'll be splitting this up into a two part, the same as the last time. Because Junior is just full of such goodness. Yeah, we thought we spread it out, but it is a great episode and. Mm-hmm. I think you can get a lot from this. If you didn't read the student entrepreneur book and you didn't become an entrepreneur after university, this is sort of a lead on. It's to pick pick things up. And um, yeah, I think it's a great episode. So, officially, here he is. Okay, Junior, welcome back to the Powerful Nonsense podcast. Thank you for having me back. Wow. <laughs> no problem. Pleasure, pleasure. Um, quickly, just to remind people, obviously, if they haven't listened to the previous one, could you tell us maybe in like a sentence what exactly you do and who you are? Um, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm an author, um, serial entrepreneur, and a speaker as well. I travel all around the country and now internationally as well, um, teaching people how to cultivate the entrepreneurial mindset. And your first book was obviously How to Be a Student Entrepreneur, which we spoke about in the previous podcast. And the new book is Young Fed Up Professionals. And um, me and Wayne were sort of having a bit of a laugh beforehand. And we were saying, is this book for the kind of people that forgot to pick up your book while they're at university. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're the kind of people, did their degree, came out, couldn't find a job, ended up grabbing a job in anything, at the time was like, yeah, yeah, I'm really happy with that sort of salary, that sounds good. Decided to get themselves a car, got themselves that nice house, moved out, life's yeah. going well, got to about maybe 25 a bit later, and then realised, oh shit, I'm stuck in a job that I don't really enjoy. But I ticked all the boxes while I was maybe in my early 20s, and now I'm actually becoming a young, fed-up professional. Spot on. <laughs> Spot on, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's literally... I didn't intend for this to be the next book, um, but from all the buzz from the first book, obviously, do a lot of speaking and stuff, I, I realised a lot of people were coming up to me and um, trying to find out, right, how do I get out of my job to set up the business? And I'm like, you know, the best, place, best thing to do is not to ever get into that situation in the first place, but, you know, since you're in that situation, here's how you can sort of negotiate your way out into this entrepreneurial lifestyle that you see everyone else sort of enjoying. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it was more out of demand that I started to write this book. Um, I had lots of people who, who I was sort of mentoring. And I, I realized I was just saying the same thing over and over again. Um, and, you know, the, I realized that the kids that I'm talking to in primary schools and secondary schools and colleges are actually in a better situation than, than these people now because you know they've got themselves into that mess so now it's sort of how to get your way out of it but you know there's, there's a lot of demand there so I thought right this should be my next book so I mean I was joking with Jem as well I, was, I really want to know what the third book in your trilogy is going to be whether it's going to be <laughs> like midlife crisis or <laughs> or old fed up professionals 
Possibly, possibly. We don't, we don't know yet. We'll see the response for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so what, when, you, when you say you sort of mentor people, like what sort of situations have they sort of got themselves into and why do you think they've got themselves into them? Um, so, for example, um, there, there was one guy who um, I've known for quite some time, actually, and um, he, he's got himself a good job. He was working for sort of ITV, you know, doing, doing a great job. He's all in that sort of creative and media field. Um, however he's always had his own dreams and his own aspirations and he always wanted to have his own sort of media company and production company. So he was doing this sort of side business, creating a, a sort of YouTube channel and, and it started to sort of take off rapidly, but he was still stuck in the job. So he was a sort of, sort of classic situation where he always had the desire in him. However, because of, you know, the society or how it, it sort of programs us, Right, because you're passionate about this thing, then that means you should go find a job in that field. When really, because he was passionate about that thing, he should have set up a business in that thing. Mm. Um, so he went to find a job in it, and, and he realized that the job was sort of just quenching his desire for, for, for all media stuff. So with his YouTube channel, because it was sort of generating a bit more uh, popularity, he realized that actually I can actually start making money from this, but I don't know where to start. I've never been trained on entrepreneur. Um, and, I'm, and I've really got a good job. Is this the best sort of decision? Um, so I was just helping him sort of analyze the situation and sort of coaching him through that, that and helping him make that transition from I love what I'm doing, but I want to do it as my own business, not do it for somebody else. How do I make that transition? And, and he's been very successful at it now. Um, started giving him lots of different ideas on how he can actually sort of, sort of monetize this little hobby that he had on the side. Um, and actually grow from it and I think he's actually left his job now and he's 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 hitting milestones that upset him and you know he's doing the exact same thing that he was doing before but now it's all on his own terms and and that's a sort of a classic example of, of what I usually get um, and sort of questions that I usually get asked and on and it's that whole you know the questions that never gets answered how do when and how do I leave my job basically mm-hmm. and why do you think um, people end up Kind of because you were saying, you know, you uh, you should go for the business rather than the job. Uh, what do you think is like the main cause for people to, when they do find something they're passionate about, make the decision of right, I'm going to get a job in that field rather than start a business? So yeah, so this is exactly what I talk about in the, in the book, and um, I put it down to two key factors basically: um, your level of happiness overall, and how much responsibility you currently have. So everyone's in a different situation. And that's what I sort of wanted to outline in the book, in the new book, that it's basically your decision to, to leave or stay is based on two things, how happy you are in your whole current situation and how much responsibility do you currently have. Um, you know, the responsibility being, I don't know, maybe you've got a mortgage, maybe you've got kids. Because at the end of the day, it is risky. Um, the job is supposed to be seen as the secure thing um, I, I could get into that and how unsecure that is, but you know, it, let's just say that the job is the secure thing and setting up the business from scratch, especially when you've got no entrepreneurial experience, is the risky thing to do. So it's basically based on those two factors, and, and that's where all the different animals come in in my book as well, actually. We talk a lot about, we actually have a talk that we do at universities as well, and we talk a lot about that kind of massive illusion that people have that like a job is more secure, and we kind of tie that down to just having literally somebody who can pull the plug one day and then the next day you can't pay for your rent you can't you can't yeah, do literally. the things you were doing literally no, and that's that's how it is nowadays and and sometimes it's not even based on you know how well you're performing it could be just 
technolo- technological advances, mm. you know, all talking about all these, you know, black cabs are now moaning about how Uber's coming and sort of taking all their jobs. We're talking about trains being driverless soon, so everyone wants to go and strike. Mm. You know, you might be a, you might be a fantastic train driver, but you can't beat what's happening in technology right now. Mm. So a computer can always do it more efficient. So it doesn't matter how great you are anymore, you're still at risk. And do you think um, that's part of the reason why um, millennials are going towards the self-employed business route so much more now? I think because of the combination of you know how familiar we are with where technology is going, what potential it really has, and also the fact that we lived through the recession and most of our parents lost a job or two. Um, and even if they owned a business, their businesses sometimes went under during that mm. period. Do you think that us as a generation are much more aware of just how risky just having a single job can be? Um, I think partly, but I also think um, it's just becoming a bit more sexy to be an entrepreneur as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the glamour in it, what you hear about it nowadays. Yeah. It's just like, you know, back in the day, it was on a, it was sexy to be uh, an investment banker and, and, and one of those, so everyone raced for those types of jobs, yeah. <laughs> now, being an entrepreneur is, you know, all the things that you see on TV and, and there's movies about it and there's, that's what all the hit programs are. So I think that's probably the, people are still behaving like sheep, but at least they're heading towards the right direction, I guess. Everyone's just sort of following what everyone else is doing, which is why it, there's more importance on sort of being educated as, as an entrepreneur. There's nothing wrong with going and do it, and you have the freedom, and, and you're, we're probably at a better position in, in, in all of history to actually go set up your own business. Uh, just all you need is a laptop nowadays, but you still need to be educated, and you can't just say, right, you know, this person's quit their job and they've gone set up a business, maybe I should go and do it as well. Because you're, everyone's in a different situation and you're definitely going to get different results. Yeah, definitely. And what do you find, I mean, when you're mentoring people, do you find it's kind of knowing the business acumen is the problem or is it actually more so that sort of mindset, switching from that, I'm, I'm going to have a job mindset to, okay, now I'm in control? Uh, I think that's definitely a mindset. Um, the very first thing I, I do with people, just find out where their mindset is at. And, and from this year, a, a five-minute conversation, I can determine how successful they're going to be in any business. Um, just by seeing how they manage money, just by seeing how they manage their time, um, just by seeing their, their general attitude towards um, business and, and why they're doing it. Um, I always talk about you know becoming something, doing something, and having stuff. And I always ask people, right, what's the what's the most important out of those three, becoming, doing, or having? Um, and there's always like a big debate and stuff. But I, I believe the most important is becoming someone and doing something with what you who you become. What you have afterwards will just come automatically as a result of who you become and what you do with who you become. I could be a great writer, but if I don't put pen to paper, it doesn't doesn't mean anything. Or put fingertips to laptop, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, likewise, you, know, you can have all the resources in the world, but if you don't become that entrepreneur, you know you're still not going to be successful. Yeah, I think having is a very sort of static stance to be in, whereas a becoming is understanding that there's constant sort of progression. Mm. Yeah. Is yeah, there a difference, is... I guess, between Aristotle's uh, idea of potential and actuality? And actually, there's so much potential in people, but they're just not actualizing it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's why the very first, I mean, that's why the first book was about, you know, not necessarily how to set up a business, but how to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And, and I dedicated the first few chapters to just developing that entrepreneurial mindset. There's no point in me telling you about how to do marketing and get funding and all stuff like that. Where if you haven't even got the right mindset, 
you've been trained all your life to be a, a fantastic employee and you haven't taken one course in, in becoming an actual entrepreneur. What's, so, what's the sort of number one sort of mindset shift thing that you think like most people struggle with? Is it, is it the job thing or is it something else? Um, I think it's, it varies from people to people, but I think most people, the number one mindset is that you, you, you need money to make money. Um, which I guess in some sense is true, but it's not the rule basically. Um, if you think that you need money to make money, you never really start until you get money, which means you never really start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and then you wonder, okay, how do all these entrepreneurs do it? You really, you need sort of creativity to make money. Um, all, all, streams of income is just a result of people's ideas it's not money that makes the world go around it's ideas that makes the world go around money just sort of tags along for the ride and if you've got a great idea and you've got a great proposition people will invest in you you know yeah, sorry. yeah if you can imagine like a whole world of people this is actually the world actually is people we think that there's them at the top and there's us at the bottom and, and whatever it is but if you imagine people at the top they've got more money than they can do with you know they've got mm -hmm. too much money and they're looking for investment opportunities if you were to come up with a fantastic idea you know investors investors money out there literally trying to hunt people down for a great idea if you come up with a good idea they'll be throwing money at you mm. and it's like that with anything so yeah there, there's money out there there's ways of getting money and also just being creative is probably the best way to start as an entrepreneur um sometimes having limited resources is, is the best situation that you can be in uh yeah I've heard a lot about, um, James Archer talks a lot about this sort of saying, like, ideas are going to be the new currency nowadays, and that's where you want to spend a lot of your time. And he talks about sort of doing practices where you're putting ideas together every day so you get that idea muscle sort of working. Is there, I mean, a lot of people say you're either one, you're either a creative or you're not. And I think, I, don't, I totally disagree with that. I think you just need to switch back on and re-engage with that creativity that everybody has. But because yeah. I mean that must be a common thing you hear where it's like well yeah I'd love to do the entrepreneurship thing like you say maybe it's a glamorous it looks good everyone's moving that way but a lot of people say well I don't know what my my idea is going to be or they feel that they need to have that that idea straight away like mm -hmm. it should, it's just the first thing that comes to mind is going to be the thing that works like what do you say to people like that? Well, it's 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 like a it's like a muscle. So if you exercise it, you become better at it. Um, and and that's that's just I, I can't go a day without coming up with a new idea. Um, I could look at someone's business and I can see how they can improve it instantly, where they can't see it for days and months even. Um, and it's just like a muscle. I've been exercising the muscles for, for a number of years now, and it's it's, it's become almost a distraction because I'm always getting a new idea. And and you can weigh it up against ideas that have failed and ideas that have been successful. Um, so yeah, I think it is just like a muscle. It, that whole thing of are entrepreneurs born or are they sort of nurtured? Um, I don't think. I think everyone's born with some entrepreneurial potential. Everybody, but as you grow up, it's sort of drained out of you, mm. um, or you don't you don't cultivate that skill, which is why I try to help re people reignite that sort of entrepreneurial spirit in, within them and develop the mindset. Because once you've got that mindset and you start developing it, then it, it becomes it becomes very addictive and it becomes easy to spot ideas. Um, if, of course, entrepreneurs can be um, nurtured. Um, if, if entrepreneurs couldn't be nurtured, then I'd be out of business by now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> So I know for a fact I can take someone and I can meet loads of people because I was that guy who had nothing... No business being in business, in business no, no entrepreneurial capacity, nothing. And then I sort of developed that muscle and I trained myself to the point now where 
I'm getting ideas every single day and there's loads of other people who've been in the same situation. So yeah, entrepreneurs can be can be developed. Um, I think when people are talking about, you know, is are you born with it? They're talking about stuff like, you know, are you born with passion or are you born with that tenacity? But that, that doesn't make a great entrepreneur. That just makes you great at anything. You know, like you could be a passionate piano player, you know, but you still have to learn how to play the piano. Some people are great at playing piano, but they're not passionate about it. And that's, that's what starts to show. So there's, there are some stuff that are, you know, you know, you're just naturally born to and you're just attracted to. But even if you love your job, there's nothing wrong with setting up a side business and you can learn the entrepreneurial mindset to set up a side, side business or, or do something that's just bringing you revenue. What would you say to someone then who says, look, I'm not having the ideas that you'll have, you're saying you're having an idea every day. Where would, where would you say for someone to kind of get started so they start to spot, the, to spot these ideas really? Um, start ed- educating yourself. Um, and start practicing. I, I think the best, most people just doubt their ideas. Some people have, you know, some people do have rubbish ideas, but, you know, I've seen lots of rubbish ideas still be, become very successful. But if you start educating yourself and start actually taking action, that doubt will start to fade away or you'll learn. You know, you'll be very successful and those doubts will start to fade away or you'll learn a lot that will help you for your next business idea and, and, and whatever you have it. So, yeah, just start taking action on the ideas, even if it, Fails. That's that's a great learning curve. I've failed so many times, but that's what makes me a little bit more successful for the next business venture and, and so on and so forth. Hmm. So um, you mentioned you briefly touched on it earlier, and I'm really really intrigued by these animals that you've put in your book and how these apply <laughs> to escaping that dreaded job. Um, so yeah, I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about those. Me and Wayne were actually trying to figure out whether we could kind of guess what they were, but we didn't really. I don't think we hit the nail on the head at all. So yeah, so um, so basically, I I thought, well, what would be a a wacky, memorable way to identify for people to sort of self-identify and and say, all right, this is my situation because like I said, it, the strategy you use is not the same strategy that. I would use or same strategy that Wayne would use or anybody else would use or you know we will have different strategies based on the situation that we're in so first is identifying your situation so I thought using farm animals would be a good way to sort of say hey listen I'm I'm either a donkey or I'm a chicken or, or I'm a cow or or I'm a sheep I'm a fox or I'm a, I'm a mouse or something like that so using all these farm animals because you know you can see the farm as I don't know one big society and all these different animals have different responsibilities. I just think it's a better way of, you know, labouring people rather than colours or something like that. You're, you're green. <laughs> so, um, so basically, I, I talked about um, the two key factors to determine whether you should leave your job or not. Um, and it's based on the level of responsibility you have. You either have high or low. And whether you, you love your job or you hate your job. Or whether you don't have a job at all. So, well, I'll go for each animal. So, imagine... The donkey, if you're in a donkey situation, I classify you as a donkey because you you hate your job. You know, the donkey has to has to pull all the sacks and, and they don't get no love, really. They're not quite a horse. They're just, you know, like an ugly donkey and then they have a lot of responsibilities. And this could resemble someone who, you know, you're probably in a, well, you're definitely in a job that you hate. And you can't really leave your job because you've probably got a wife for kids and mortgage and, and a dog to feed and all sorts. So you've got a lot of responsibilities as well, and you hate the job. So I have a strategy for that type of person, as opposed to someone else that hates their job, but they haven't got much responsibilities, which I classify as a, a chicken. Imagine chickens are always cooped up. They don't have no fun, so they hate their job. They hate what they do. 
but they haven't got much responsibilities. All they have to do is just lay an egg every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so some people are in a chicken situation where, yeah, I really hate my job. Um, but, you know, I'm, I, I do have sort of some freedom. Um, I don't really probably don't make much money, but I haven't got many bills. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not in a sort of tight situation. So I guess I could sort of set up a side business a lot easier. So that strategy is not different to what a donkey would do. And then there's the people that love their jobs, you know, and the people that love their jobs, but have high responsibilities. Those are what I call the cows. So the cows, they, all they do is, you know, they're out in the open field, they're happy, they graze, um, but they do have a lot of responsibilities. They're just, you know, they're big. They have to keep supplying milk every single day. Um, so the cows could be typically people that um, they love what they're doing. They're, they're probably doing what they're passionate about. Um, and they are thinking about setting up a business, but again, they're in a situation where they've probably got loads of people dependent on them or they've got loads of debts already that they need to get rid of, and it's not as easy for them. They can't just quit their job and leave because they might be making the best, the worst decision ever, actually, because you know sometimes you quit your job to go and to do something you love, but if you already love your job, then maybe you don't need to quit your job. So that's why I always take a different approach, and I advise people, if you love your job, you've already achieved half of your goal there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe your job's not paying you enough but you, you've already achieved a level of happiness maybe your boss treats you well maybe you get enough holidays and you love what you're doing so what's the point of taking a risk in a sense so things are changing around here now and we're having to take a little bit of a break from the interview we are because for all those keen-eared is that the right phrase the people paying attention will notice that we now have a sponsor on board for the Wait. show so a huge thank you to the University of Northampton for supporting what we're doing um, and yeah, both me and Jem went to Northampton, so they're a good fit for the show on that basis, because we would never have met if we hadn't been there. I know, they plunked us in a room together. Not yeah. a room together, but in the same <laughs> halls. I would have been really pissed off if they plunked us in the same room. <laughs> we would have got to know each other so much better and so much quicker. So much more intimately. <laughs> but thank you for the uh, uni for supporting the show, and um, the the reason we think they're a great fit is because... Unlike a lot of universities, they really, really focus on the entrepreneurial side of things, specifically social entrepreneurship, um, which is about uh, being entrepreneurial, but with a social message and, and with, a mission as with well. With good intentions, which good. we believe all, all business all should do. Time. but All the time. So we're really glad to have them on board. Uh, they'll be cropping up all the time. We'll be giving them a bit of a plug here and there. But check them out. University of Northampton. Northampton.ac.uk. Boom. So, yeah, thank you very much. Back to Junior. So the lamb, yeah, so the lamb, people that are in the lamb situation, they love their job, but they've got low responsibilities. So, again, the decision-making process with these people, because they've really got half of what they, they want in life, they've, they, they've got that, they're working in a job that they're passionate about, and, they, and they're probably getting a good amount of money, um, but they could set up a side business, but their strategy will be a lot different to everyone else's. And then we have the people in society who don't have a job at all. Um, so you have the people that don't have a job, but they have high responsibilities, and these are ones are called foxes. Imagine foxes aren't really farm animals; they just come and invade the farm once in a while. So you need them. <laughs> you see them around, but you know the fox has to look after their young, and, and the fox has to run around and just sort of fend for themselves. Basically, the fox are the type of scavengers. You don't have a survival job. Survival mode. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have a job, but you're really, really grinding, basically. So you're in a you're in a good position to either set something up yourself however you have to be very careful about how you do about it you go about it because 
you have that high responsibility. You've got people depending on you. You're in a you're in a situation where you have got lots of payback and stuff. And then you have the the last set of people who aren't actually also farm animals, but they just you might find them on a farm, which are the mice mice. Yeah, so the mouse basically they don't have a job either. They don't have any responsibilities on a farm, um, and they don't really have a job on a farm. So these type of people are actually the best people that, to go set up a business. These are the people who I've just come out of university. Um, I haven't secured a job yet, and I haven't got myself into too much debt. I haven't taken out a mortgage. I'm not married. That's probably the best time for you to go up and set up a business and, and test the waters anyway. Um, I started as a mouse, basically, and, and that's, that's why the strategy for a mouse is different from the strategy of a fox to a lamb to a, to a cow to a chicken and to a donkey. So, mm-hmm. so basically, everybody in society is going to be in one of those six positions. And the strategy for you to use that I talk about in a book would first depend on the position that you are in currently. So I, I see it as a... Oh, I try to paint the picture as, you know, it's like a prison scape. So <laughs> everybody's trying to get out of the prison. However, there's six different paths to get out of the prison and it all depends on what cell you're currently in. Firstly, I have to say you've done obviously a great job on yeah, figuring that out because I think really. you've literally like hit everybody I've ever spoke to, or everybody. Kind of even when I go meet like old employees at a company, it's you've literally hit the nail on the head on each of these. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly which one I am. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I know. I, know which one <laughs> I was. I was definitely the mouse as well. Came out of uni, you go back to live with your parents. You got all these low costs, and then you've got the opportunity to kind of read and kind of you've got yeah. a secure base to work from. So the end yeah. definitely really, really hits the nail on the head. I think probably though, I think most probably yeah, a lot of people are either that are listeners are probably like the mouse, the donkey, maybe the chicken, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And what sort of um yeah, do you have any sort of like tips without giving too much of the book? But I would say, yeah, what would you say to those sort of people, those people that are maybe because I've like we said there, the young fed up professionals are those people who are literally doing a job because they want to pay the bills and they're slogging along and they're hating their job, they can't wait to get out they do feel like they're carrying bricks on their back and there's a lot of exactly. social pressures there from whether they to say oh at least i've got a job but yeah maybe if you can give some tips for those kind of mm. people i mean sometimes it could be um and if you're an it for example if you're a donkey and then you've got a lot of responsibilities you don't have the time to sort of go off and swan off and set up a business because um, you know you still have to get to back to that job that you you already hate anyway so sometimes the best thing for those, those people to do is actually find a business partner um, maybe find a business partner that is a mouse and they could sort of, the money that they're making from the job, because obviously the mouse isn't working, so someone could fund the business while the other one's operating the business until you're both in a position to sort of commit to the business full time as it grows. So it's just lots of different strategies that you either be finding a partner or, um, I mean, another good thing about this is people will actually move from the position that they're in. Some people will start off as, as a mouse and they think I should have set the business then and then they get themselves into, I don't know, uh, a cow position or, or someone that has, has a job and then all of a sudden the story changes now because you've got a one-year contract that you have to see out or you've started a job that you thought you would love and you end up hating it and how do I get out of that? So sometimes you, you might have to actually transition from one animal to another animal and then transition to setting up a business because it's, it's a lot safer basically. I love how you've got this sort of um, collaboration between animals as well, because you can see that as well. Like I, I met a friend recently and he's just going back to starting his business and his girlfriend is, say, probably the um, the cow. Like she loves her job. She's working. She's paying that. She's making the money. And she sort of said, look, I can fund you to kind of be, be the mouse and explore for a little while. 
So I think it's yeah. great that you have that sort of mm. idea of collaboration in there. Exactly, but people would never think of that in, in the first place. I mean, people just see you know the headlines of this person quit their job and set up a business and was success, successful, mm-hmm. and then actually know the process that went on behind the scenes or or the best way that they should do it. It's, it's not. I wouldn't. I would never advise anybody to say, hey, just go and quit your job. I think it would be very irresponsible of me to to do that. I would say go set up a business, mm-hmm. whoever you are. However, um, the strategy for you to go about and do that, do it in the safest way possible. And and I think ultimately. People want to find fulfillment. And if you've already got fulfillment in your job, then sometimes you don't need to quit your job at all. You can just set up a side business and these are how many hours you should be dedicating to the business. And this is the type of, I mean, for example, um, if you love your job, if you're either a cow or a sheep, then probably the best thing for you to do is just become sort of play the investor role or just have a business that you can only work on on the weekends and have someone else that sort of manages it and takes over and grows it for you. Because um, you just might, you know, you're, you're, you already love your job. You, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. You, you've achieving what you want. It's not necessarily about becoming an entrepreneur. It's about becoming happy. Mm-hmm. If you hate your job, um, if you're a fed up professional, then great. Go set up a business. Uh, but sometimes even setting up a business is probably the worst situation for you. Um, sometimes you do need people to sort of crack the whip because that's how you actually ever be productive. Some people... This way, I go back to talking about the entrepreneurial education. Some people aren't really cut out to be an entrepreneur, not because they're not born, but just because they haven't been trained and they haven't gone through those processes yet. Yeah, I guess I guess it goes back to what you were saying actually about it being quite sexy at the moment to be an entrepreneur. It's also yeah. quite sexy to say, "Yeah, I just quit my job and set up my own business and now look." Um, but it, it's kind of similar to that overnight success story, which actually mm. that's very rare that it happens like that. So you've got to make sure that you're supporting yourself as much as you can. Like I'm very much yeah. in the situation of I've got my job and my job's fine. I've got very low response. So I'm very much a, a lamb um, mm. in that sense. But I'm working on stuff on the side and I'm I'm definitely not ready to remove that net yet because it's, there's exactly. no need for me to. Exactly. So if, you, if you're in that position, then it doesn't mean you should have to copy what everyone else is doing because mm-hmm. they might have hated their job. You know, they might have wanted to jump out of the building. You, you're fine. You're happy in your job. Um, and I think there's, there's also this mentality of um, because it, 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 there is a risk to setting up your business. Um, but I, I think people have this mentality that entrepreneurs are all gamblers. Mm-hmm. Like what, what's, let me ask you guys, what do you, think, what do you guys think that the difference between a, a gambler and an entrepreneur is? Uh, an entrepreneur is calculated, whereas a gambler usually isn't. It's kind of like a bit of hoping on luck, whereas a, a entrepreneur entrepreneur has already kind of figured out, if I put exactly. this in, I know how much I'm getting out. Exactly. That's it. You know, a, a gambler basically has, that's just someone that has misplaced hopes. An entrepreneur yeah, no, yeah. is, yeah, you're, str- you're strategic. You're, you're taking calculated risks. <laughs> So if you're going to take a if you're going to take a risk to leave your job, at least make it a calculated one and actually plan the strategy and get the right strategy first, not just right. I hate what I'm doing. I'm going to quit. Or oh, that person is making more money than me. I'm going to go quit and set up a business because you're in for a rude awakening. Yeah, I think sometimes as well. One of the problems, like you say, with the cow and the lamb, I think sometimes with people who actually like really enjoy their job, I think 
a lot of the time it's just the lifestyle balance really because i had a friend mm. who was working full time and he cut his he cut his hours down to four days a week and then he was just like writing on that friday he had off and he was just so happy and the energy was back in him and i think sometimes that's that's the thing it's actually just maybe figuring out the balance of your lifestyle especially when people are working full-time they enjoy their job but then that full-time moves from from say nine till five till eight till six and then that is just that extra hours is enough to make you slowly start to hate it but one That's of the it. um one of the dangers i think is out there and i think me and wayne have actually got a podcast coming up about this and it's kind of like why not to become an entrepreneur and i think a lot of the time like you say it's quite sexy but i think a lot of these say these cows and lambs who maybe do have full-time jobs but then they start seeing um say a mouse or a chicken or a donkey who is starting a business around them they're thinking hey i'm the cow on the land we're the big animals here and why are these <laughs> why are these other animals kind of going off and seem to be super happy they've got a lot of free time they're in the coffee shops in the afternoon they're saying that they're working from home they're going on holidays i think there's a big danger in the fact that these people are kind of seeing that glamour maybe they jump the jobs or they feel that they should jump the jobs even though underneath like you say they're probably quite happy with the job they have yeah yeah it's, it's, and that happens all too often um and it's just sort of like a it's like a vanity metric really you see people on instagram and they're taking pictures with sort of flash cars and houses and talking about throwing over these entrepreneurial quotes and stuff and you sort of think yeah i want that lifestyle mm-hmm. um not realizing what it takes to get that lifestyle and and sometimes most people aren't actually prepared to do what it takes to get that lifestyle so what's the point? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why the very first thing is being fully educated and, and fully aware of what it really takes to become an entrepreneur and what's really required of you. Um, and not just seeing what other people will have and trying to, to emulate. Mm-hmm. One thing we like to sort of say through the podcast as well is obviously entrepreneurship is like one of those things that ultimately it is the safest option i think as an entrepreneur you've basically said that like i'm adaptable like if things go wrong i'm going to create something again or i'm going to be i'm going to be able to get out of it that's the only time where i feel that maybe the cow and the lamb like you say just need to be aware that okay if so if the shit hits the fan with my job i'm so adaptable i've got things lined up i'm ready i've got skill sets that are there that I can call upon because obviously when a lot of what happens is if the cow or the lamb loses that consistent job that was making them happy, it's a lot harder to get up if you don't have that sort of entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a, a few years ago, I had a, a PA that was working with me and um, I helped her set up her own PA company um, because, you know, at any point in time, I might just decide to fire you or not not like in, in a bad way, but... Mm-hmm you're doing great what you're doing with me right now but you're doing it part-time so what are you doing with the rest of your time you could be doing it for other people if you had a proper structure and she went off and set up a PA company um, being a virtual PA to to many other organizations and you know she was happy in her job everything was great however if there's nothing wrong with having that extra stream of income if you've got the resources and the time to do it then then set that up because it's all about security you don't just want to always be employed there's nothing wrong with being employed I mean, I, I saw, a, I don't know if you've seen that video of sort of Damien Dash talking about, I don't want anyone to be my boss and and da 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 da. No, and, I haven't seen that. We'll definitely link up to it. <laughs> yeah, you have to watch that. Um, but that got a lot of people thinking that, oh, you know, I hate I hate my job all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes your boss is probably the best, best person for you to be working for right now because you're not ready to sort of take that leap on your own. Um, however, everyone can educate themselves to sort of set up their their side business and if you do love your job keep doing what you love um but now you've got another stream of income 
Well, as well, you've got to think, well, your boss is an entrepreneur, so maybe he's going to mentor you or maybe he's going to tell you some of the pitfalls or who knows, like he's been through that journey himself. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. You'll, you'll quickly realise as well, um, if you are developing that entrepreneurial skill, when it's time to start going, uh, maybe I should start moving on because you'll, I think you'll naturally find mm. that you're starting to out-entrepreneur your boss. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're su- you're suddenly saying to your boss, you should consider doing this. You can should, should consider doing that and stuff. And I think that's when you that's, that's when, when you, you know. can safely go right. I know what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Mm. You're starting to see those sort of gaps. And there's even times when, before you go, so I know loads of people where, where I've I've deliberately advised them to before you go set up that business in that particular field, go work for a company mm. that is number one in that field, so you can learn the learn the ropes. Yeah, so you can definitely. see how the systems operate and then go off and set your, your own thing. Um, so I always tell those people, you know, work to work to learn rather than work to earn. Yeah, you Absolutely. get paid for it, but you're doing that job because, you know, within 12 months, you're going to go set up your own business. So this is basically your your market reach in a sense. This is how the big boys do it. And these are the contacts I've made, right? I've, I've, I've done my time here. I've got my salary. Now I'm going to use that to invest in a new business. But most importantly, I've got the know-how now because... I've been in that field now. So there's also the benefits actually being in a job. Definitely. Well, another, another thing I sort of speak to people about as well, when, when people say to me, like, uh, maybe they work in office, maybe they are, like you say, a PA, it seems that I say that to people, like, you, if you're a PA, you could be a PA for three or four different people, or you could, if you're, I don't know, if, like for me, I did video production, I do video production. Like, I used to work for a company who I just did video production for, but now I have a several amount of clients. I think a lot yeah. of people think, that that's not possible it seems like they don't understand that you think well they don't get that if like one person will hire you for the job but that also means that maybe there's other four or five businesses that will all all hire you together it's like people don't seem to put together the fact that if one person will hire you that means you basically have a business but you're you have one client yeah yeah exactly and i think it's just oh sorry carry on sorry yeah it's just making making what you do scalable Mm-hmm. Um, if you could find out to do that, then then you're onto you're definitely winning. Basically, if you can make what whatever you're doing for one person, if you make it scalable, mm-hmm. then now you're 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 making the most of time. Yeah, I think there's a real confidence issue for people because I I actually uh, know someone who's recently lost their uh, job. I don't know whether it was redundancy or what, or just contract expired. I don't know what. Um, and it was in um, marketing, and I just said, well, look like you've not got anything lined up so consider starting your business and going out on your own and it was like yeah but i don't know like how to do it it seems very very complicated and <laughs> you know I, i'm not that confident in what i can do and blah 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 blah. what what would you kind of say to that sort of person yeah i i, I get that a lot as well um that's where um the other side of what i do comes in with not just giving you the information, but also giving you the tools. I think when people have the right tools in their hands, they, they tend to feel a bit more com- confident. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you know, I mean, it's easy being told what to do and just sort of doing it to a high level. Um, there's loads of people that I employ, and, and they do what they do much better than I, I can do it. Um, but then coming to that next entrepreneurial mindset and how do I manage people, how do I manage finances, how do I manage resources, how do I pay my taxes, because all of this was done for me um, when I was unemployed. Um, so just learning all of that stuff and, and just being given the tools. I'm, I'm actually setting up um, a sort of a, a little entrepreneurial toolbox um, where I don't get time to sit down and mentor most people. 
I realised that there's enough people out there who's heard the message enough and they're really fired up. If they just had the right tools, they can probably do it themselves. They don't need me to hold their hand. Mm. Um, so sort of thinking about making um, sort of templates available for people, sales scripts and, and sort of some of the courses that I've done, just filming them and just throwing them all online for people to, to actually access as a toolbox. Because once you start to get those, once you've got the information and you've got all the tools, you tend to be a bit more confident and think, hey, let, let me have a go at this. Let me give it a let me give it a try. I think it's just that I'm I'm very new to this. It's just like when you do anything new. You know, you're about to go down a, the biggest slide in the world and you're scared. This is the first time you've ever done it. But what happens after you've gone down that slide? Wee, I want to do that again and again and again. <laughs> so yeah, just helping get people to the top of the slide and realizing, hey, listen, you're here now. You've got the tools, you've got the information. Now you can take that leap. You'll enjoy it. Until next time, stay classy, Sammy.